And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portstein with you from Port Columbus, so forgive me <laughs> if you start to hear some stuff in the background. Allison Lucan is here. Good morning. The Blue Jackets have put an end to the eight-game losing streak. Allison, it is incredible that this team, we've talked many times, all the injuries they've, they've, they've incurred the fact that they've continued to win. This team just lost eight in a row, and I know they took some overtime points there. They lost eight in a row. They win last night, and they're back above the playoff bar. It's incredible. (laughs) Just as everyone designed, right? It's going to, I mean, barring some catastrophe, it's going to be this way till the end of the season. Yeah, my point is you just don't usually get away with going eight games without picking up a couple couple of points. (laughs) <laughs> in there, and that may come back to bite them because they've got fewer games left than other teams. Um, but wow, it's it's uh, it's like it's the Black Knight from Monty Python. <laughs> That's right. That cannot be killed. That's right? right. And they just keep lopping off these huge two more injuries last night. Allison Elvis Merzlikens goes down, leaves the game second period. Riley Nash injured a touch later in that period. Neither of them traveled to Minnesota with the team last night. Uh, the club recalled Matisse Kivleniks. Uh He's on his way to St. Paul, so that's the easy replacement there. And Devin Shore, we'll get to him in a second. The Blue Jackets acquired him at the trade deadline. Yesterday for Sonny Milano, he will then, you one, one surmises, take uh, Riley Nash's spot in the lineup. But more shuffling after, we'll get to the win in a second, but more shuffling for this team it just seems to face something after almost every night now. It, I mean, it, it's 
it's insane. It's and we joked about this at the start of the season. This is like that fifteen sixteen season, or was it? It was fourteen yeah. fifteen when uh, right. literally after every game. Todd Richards, who was the head coach at the time, would come into the post game and tell us that there was someone else injured. And it's literally the same thing again, where every single game, someone's going down. It, it, it's incredulous. It's, it's incredulous. It's crazy. And key positions. I mean, yes. Elvis Merzlikens has been a huge part of this team since Corpusalo came back. Let's get to the win. I mean, it, it's a win. It's the Ottawa Senators. They themselves were sort of understaffed for quite a bit last night. Guys that were acquired at the trade deadline didn't make it into town until the game had already started. Um, who cares if you're the Blue Jackets? This is a win they needed to have. Uh, Nick Felino was, was really good, I thought, at times. Um, Corpusalo comes in in relief, was really, really strong. Given a, a cold start for a guy with knee surgery, coming off knee surgery, that's never a good thing. Um, Emil Bemstrom scores the overtime win that can only do wonders for his confidence a young player winning a game in overtime for the first time in his career lots of good things happened Allison you were there watching with uh, an eagle's eye uh, road after the game your thoughts on that game and how badly they needed that W well yeah I mean of course at the end of the day it doesn't matter how you get there a win's a win um, we've talked before this season of that there were plenty of games this team played well enough to win and didn't win. So at the end of the day, that is all that matters. But I, I think that it's been really interesting to watch Felino this recent stretch here. He went on to the in-arena interview, first intermission, and was probably the most negative if, if he wasn't you know bashing the team, but he was pretty strong in his feedback yep. about how much better this group needed to be and you know, this is not, that's usually not what that interview is for. <laughs> this is yes. this is not usually a message that we hear it needs to be delivered to the team, particularly mid-game. Um, and he had already backed that up with one goal. He would back it up with a second goal. And, you know, he's playing massive minutes. I think that when John Tortorella has talked about the fact that it's not the young guys, it's the veteran guys that have to step up, we are seeing a stretch of that right now from Nick Felino. Um, both on the ice and off, and I think that that's really, really important. Yeah. He played 20, oh, was it 25-12 last night? Yeah, yeah. The second most minutes in his career. This man has played over 900 games. Uh, now, it was an overtime game, but still, that's getting up there. Those are de- those are top pair defensive numbers uh, in terms of ice time. Yeah, I mean, in the message he, so that interview you're, you're referencing, that was done by Bob McGilligan. Right. It's airs on the big board. Yep. Typically, that's not a place for the airing of grievances, as you were saying. Can you imagine what that message, how that message may have been delivered differently when Nick Felino stepped into the dressing room moments later? <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing for sure, right? Is that you know after the game, and John Tortorella was, was a much softer touch about it, but he said basically that he came into the room, and before he, the coach even said anything he could already hear Nick Felino sharing his thoughts <laughs> with his teammates um, and, and you have to imagine it was pretty strong and you know it was interesting too because even after the game I mean Nick was happy with the win he was happy that the group pulled together he wasn't saying they didn't deserve the win or work hard but he was still on message he was still talking about how those first 10 minutes were unacceptable 
that the group needs to pull together and realize the way that they have to play to win and keep playing that way. So yeah. it, it was a, he was, he was very dialed in last night for sure. The way that they have to play right now is a hard to sustain, hard to repeat because it's so much energy. I thought they put everything out there in Nashville. And that, that's a good example. They put everything they had out there in Nashville and did not win. Mm-hmm. That that can can happen the way that, that this team has to play right now. And I it it's a you look how do they have eighteen games left or nineteen games left? Yeah, it's eighteen uh, games left. Nineteen. Nineteen games left. They probably need to win or eleven of those. Sorry, it's eighteen. 18. Yeah. They probably need to win a. Got probably got to win eleven of those to have a hope of getting a playoff spot. I would think. Yep. Not a lot of margin for error the rest of the way, and not a lot of margin for error in how they can play on a nightly basis. One of the good things about that game in Nashville, and I'm not sure people fully appreciate this sometimes, is they got a point. That point is so much more. That's like so much more significant than it is Philadelphia. Because you give Philadelphia two, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't give doesn't matter at all. Right. You gave Nashville two points. You came out of there with one, so they've got a lot of games against Western Conference teams right now, um, and and this sort of survive and advance methodology, this this mindset that Tortorella has created with them, I think is going to be really really important for them, but also absolutely exhausting, and the schedule doesn't do them many favors. Let's get into what they did yesterday, Allison. Uh, Sonny Milano, it feels like it feels like Sonny's been on the block for two years <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I think yesterday was a happy day for the Blue Jackets. I think yesterday was a happy day for Milano and family. I think they welcomed this change of scenery. But I think you can – so often these trades are a lot more confusing fusing or there's a lot more gray areas i think this one's pretty simple they traded away a guy that they'd waited on and waited on to be special and it was reaching the point where he just couldn't be into the lineup the way that this team needs to play right now that we just referenced and so they traded him out i think they were willing to take anything they got an nhl player back who can play straight line hard-nosed and I think they're going to be okay with Devin Shore. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, as you said, if they're going to get a player who can exist and and even provide, you know, average value in this lineup with the way this team plays, that's better than a player that they don't feel that they can trust in the lineup. And I think yeah. how you framed it is so important is that, you know, this is not that – Sonny Milano is a terrible player and Devin Shore is the best player in the world. This is about fit and how this group has to play. And I think that Sonny is such a high risk player. You know, you know, there are things uh, that he would do almost every game, little things, big things where I'd go, wow, it's crazy that he sees that. Um, And that's a compliment to him. I say that in a positive sense, but it just wasn't a fit with how this group had to play. And and it, it will be interesting to see what the next steps look like for him because he is so offensively talented, but he, he's just never going to be that two-way guy and that's okay, but it's just going to be interesting to see how he lands and where he lands. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it, 
that kid, Milano, I mean, came so far mm-hmm. to sure. get to where he is. Like, I remember watching, we, we went up to Cleveland and did a lot of the Calder Cup when that team in 15-16 yep. um, played for the Calder Cup. And Sonny Milano, first-round draft pick. In the AHL, two years later, those guys typically aren't fourth-line checking guys in the AHL two years after their first-round draft picks. Usually they're much higher in the lineup than that. And the team couldn't have been delighted that that's where he fit at that point. But that under Jared Bednar, now the the coach of the Avs, that's where he made sense on that team because they had a bunch of veteran they had Oliver Bjorkstrand going crazy, but they also had a bunch of veteran forwards that really knew how to play, especially playoff hockey. And <clears throat> I have to say, I was amazed. I, I, Sonny Milano threw himself into that fourth-line role and committed himself. It's not a perfect fit for him, right? but he busted his ass. Yeah. He, he really was a part of that championship team. And I left that series thinking, there is hope here because you – you, frankly, you didn't hear great things about Milano attitudinally at that point. That really showed me something. But you wondered if he could ever close that step. Could he ever become the player that recognized, I've got the puck on my stick. It's late in the shift. I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it by trying to skate this through the neutral zone by myself right. and creating a turnover. That never occurred to him. Like He just always was the guy that felt he could be special with the puck all the time special. And Tortorella hammered a lot of that out of him. Again, not taking his offensive skill away, not saying don't be creative, just pick your spots wisely. It's the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And I think he came a long way, but I think the the club also reached a point. They didn't just make this trade because they needed to body and Devin Shore the, the rest of this season. I think they reached this point because they understood that they'd taken Sonny as far as they could take him. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I think, you know, as you said this before, too, sometimes it's change of scenery. Um, That applies to anybody, right? Not just athletes. Is that (laughs) even if you're doing the same thing, doing it somewhere different, time for a new voice. I mean, we've even seen the application of a new voice with this Blue Jackets team. John Tortorella brought in Marty St. Louis last year. He brings in McLean this year in terms of a, a different voice. There's value in that. And so, again, you know, what goes on from here for Milano, I'll be interested to see. I, I, I wish him luck. He's, he's a very unique player. Yeah, he is. I, I can't really think of another guy like him in the league. There was a little bit of Jaredev there, although Jaredev had even more high-end skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just as likely to go off the – off on a tangent where everyone else is going, whoa, what is he, what system is he playing? Which you often wonder that with Milano. But as Nick Felina suggested, there, there were times where even up above, and we sit 100 feet up above off the ice, he would see things on the ice that weren't apparent to people with an eagle's eye view until the, until the puck was at, at its target. And you go, whoa, like that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and sometimes other guys on the ice weren't quite up to speed with him. So I don't rule out the fact that he could go on and have a decent career, be a, a good player. He's got in the right system. And the way this team has to play right now, like they are scratching and clawing for every point 
they have to be the sum here has to be larger than all of the parts together for sure for sure right? I, yeah that's and, where they're at and you know it speaks to to that connectedness you just described also is that Sonny Bolano can see incredible things but if if he's trying to create these really cool things and the group with him can't can't keep up with that or read that right. it, it's an opportunity lost and so again it's back to that risk reward decision that this group has to make right now before we move on here i want to take a moment to tell you about the great things going on at the athletic the athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there covering every major team in every major league in the united states canada and the uk uh, allison i joe Poznanski is a writer that i have followed my entire career and i love the fact that i get to work with him but he's just one of many Oh, Dan and Dan Robson, everything he writes, he does long form pieces that just totally suck you in. If he writes something, I'm clicking it immediately. I will see your Dan Robson and raise you Pierre Lebrun because nobody has his finger on the pulse of the NHL more than Pierre Lebrun does. Mm, and if you want to talk unique, let's talk about Sarah Sivian in Carolina. That woman is writing with a unique voice that is just at the same time. So, so, so good. So, so, so smart. So witty. Love her stuff. When I came into the National Hockey League um, writing it, Mike Russo, who's already there with the Florida Panthers, many people forget he was in Florida. He dominated, dominated South Florida. And many years ago, he moved to Minneapolis and has been dominating the wild beat ever since. I have no idea how many words this guy writes a day, but there nothing has ever happened that Mike Russo has not reported on the Minnesota Wild. And if he doesn't report him with the Minnesota Wild, I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> and speaking of, of big scoops, our Shayna Goldman, who covers the two New York teams, the Islanders and the Rangers, that's who broke the Brady Shea trade yesterday. So not uh, only is she uh, writing great, great stuff on those two teams, she is also <laughs> starting to cement some insider status of her own. And, and also Scott Burnside, a great writer from ESPN, a legend on the circuit of the National Hockey League, but this guy is a gentleman of gentlemen's, uh, writes wonderful prose. He also knows his way around a, a dive bar in just about every city in America and beyond. Uh, Scott Burnside is a must-read, and you get him if you uh, subscribe to The Athletic. And what I love, too, and you mentioned this, is that we get writers from across all sports. And right. The Athletic was able to get Seth Partnow, who used to work for an NBA team. He now writes for The Athletic. Great analytical mind. And I think if you're into that kind of stuff, looking at what other sports can do, not just the one you follow, can really help kind of broaden your thought process. And he's brilliant and just a great writer as well. Nobody. Uh, we're not, we didn't forget this person. We just saved her for last. Because uh, she deserves to stand on her own. Katie Strang mm. has written some absolutely um, earth-shifting stories for The Athletic in her time with the company. She is a absolute um, passionate workhorse who, who relates to people, cares about the important things in this world, and really brings those issues to life with people. Absolutely. The best. The queen. Yeah. Simply put, The Athletic has the best sports newsroom on the planet. You don't have to take our word for it, though. You can see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash 
Front and Nationwide. That's Front A-N-D Nationwide to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. So what are you waiting for? See theathletic.com slash Front and Nationwide to save 40%. Um, the other thing, too, there's a practical app, uh, uh, um, aspect of this, too. Milano's an RFA. He has mm-hmm. arbitration rights this summer. I was talking to a guy yesterday that said, with arbitration, he's going to get well over a million dollars based upon the goals that he scored in this league. Like, if you just build a framework over what guys have been getting in arbitration, he's going to get well over a million dollars. Right. If you're the Blue Jackets, I don't think you want to, I, clearly, they don't want to give Sonny Milano more than a million dollars. I think the money can be spent better elsewhere. Um, Devin Shore's making uh, two, four, I think, two, three, or two, that four. That's right, yeah. He, too, is an RFA. I think there's a sense there after a couple of sort of struggling years in Anaheim, after some pretty promising years in Dallas, his offense has dipped a bit now. I think he's probably going to come in around that number or maybe even a little lower on his next deal. Mm -hmm. We shall see. Um, But I think if they have to walk away from Devin Shore, it's a little easier for them than walking away from Sonny Milano, a former first-round draft pick. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, it's about getting value. And if if Devin Shore doesn't show some increased potential, you know, back with a a different team than Anaheim, if he shows a little bit more than Dallas, then again, it's easy to to talk about bringing him back. But at least you got something for Milano um, where the option with with Devin Shore is it's a little easier to take versus letting a former first round draft pick walk. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we should we could do a show just on Blue Jackets first round draft picks oh, here. Oh. Right? Yes. Yeah, another trade yesterday by the Blue Jackets, Marcus Hanakinen. Remember him? Yeah. Quills. Uh Quills. I called him Shrug. I thought that was a better nickname. You and Tom preferred Um He was traded to Arizona for a conditional seventh round pick. Uh the condition is is um a curious one. If he plays ten of the Coyotes' final 17 games, the Blue Jackets get a seventh-round pick. If he doesn't, they don't. So they may have given him away for free. Marcus Hanekinen, I'm guessing he had some injuries this year. He kind of got lost in a pile of players coming up from spring from uh, Jesus Cleveland. Listen to me. He didn't say Syracuse. Um, and I think they, when they started calling guys up from Cleveland. At 11, 14, and 4, way back on December 7th or 8th, whatever it was. Um, we And we've talked about this. They were starting to turn a page. They yeah. weren't looking to call up guys that they knew and sustain. They were looking to call up guys to have a fresh look at some new people. And we know, we see how it's worked out to this point. Um, and so Hannah kind of got lost um, behind the pile there. And he may have, I'm sure he welcomes this trade. It's It's a chance to be seen by another NHL organization. Uh, and that for him it should be huge. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's a whole different conference too, right? So he can advertise his abilities to a whole set of teams that don't see him much at all. It's—it's it's going to be interesting though to see how much they do use him. You know, Arizona is also in the hunt. Um, they too currently sit in a second wild card position. They—they've um, just—they've been a very good team this year. They've just had some injuries in net. Um, which have really hurt them. So it's going to be interesting to see from Arizona's perspective how much they want to use this player, how much of a shot he's going to get here when they're in a very similar situation in terms of of the weight 
of each game as the Blue Jackets are. Can he crack that lineup and can he do enough to stay? Right, right. Good guy, Hannah Kind. Oh, eh? a great guy. A great yeah. guy. He was, I will say, he is, his energy around the room will be missed. He always had a smile, always willing to talk and, and share thoughts. Um, just just a, a really great person and, and another one I really do wish the best to. And a big fan of sweet of uh, Finnish speed metal. <laughs> you love that. It's always a good topic with Andy. Um, no surprise, really, Allison, the Blue Jackets didn't do much more yesterday. There was some talk. And maybe Josh Anderson would be in the block. There is just so much confusion about his right now. Um, we've, we have been, how to say this, we've been trying to lock down exactly what's going on. You hear in one quarter he needs surgery. You hear in one quarter he should be back soon. You hear in another quarter it's going to be a long time before he plays. So we haven't written or reported anything on this because those three things obviously stand in contrast to each other. And until we can lock something down, we're not going anywhere with it. Um, it's all over the place right now, but it's certainly impacted their ability to to trade him. No one's trading for damaged goods this time of year. Um, I don't know that he would have moved even if he if he if he were going to play again this year. I'm not sure that the Blue Jackets were that excited to trade him, anyways, because they need this player. And personally, we've talked about this. I think they should do everything they can to try and rehabilitate the relationship here in whatever way that it's not working. And there are some, there just are issues there and they both sides say it's not from the previous contract. I find that hard to believe, frankly. Um, but I, you would just hate to see an, this player walk out of town um, because things fell apart in terms of the relationship. Um, Comment on that, and then I've got a thought about Devin Shore as it relates to, to Josh Anderson. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm on record that, just like you, that this is a player that you have to keep, um, and that if you don't, that's that's one that's going to haunt you, not only because of the type of player he is, but this is one of those guys that they've had in the fold since his, his draft. They've developed him over the years into what he is now. They've invested in him. He's given to the organization at multiple levels. You know, and I'll say it again, I think that it, it, if this organization is willing to agree to the contributions this player can make, give him the offer. Let, let's see if he wants to stay or not. Give him the offer, see what he says, and then you can go from there. I mean, I don't know how much the two sides are talking about that right now, but, you know, all we got from Yarmo Kekalainen yesterday was that his injury is lingering. That was the word Yarmo used, but, you know, it's maybe there's more conversation going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And, and usually there is, but I can promise you there are, yes. <laughs> but it, it, sort this out too, because I also think it's just, you don't want this kind of a cloud with this kind of a player. This is a guy that, no. that in my impressions, the room likes gets along with his teammates. They like to have him around, F figure this out. Let's get the player healthy and let's also figure this out so that we know what's happening going forward. Yeah, and and quite frankly, I'm not sure that this team needs the PR hit a year after losing all of those players to, to free agency. And people here who pay attention to this team closely know that Panarin wasn't leaving Columbus because he hated Columbus. Right. He just loved lived the idea of living in New York. Bob had issues with the team. It wasn't the city, wasn't the organization. 
it was it was some sort of ego matters with coach and and management over his playoff struggles. Um, Matt Duchesne just wanted to live in Nashville, but he he loved his time in Columbus. You can't you can't sell that to people on the outside looking in who may already have a theory formed on Columbus. And if Josh Anderson can't make it work here and just has to move along because he's worn out his time here as well, that just that just furthers a a talking point with this team that I don't think they want to have to deal with, frankly, when it comes time to free agents and getting other players across this league to waive no trade clauses and such. So that's something else to keep an eye on. Um, I mentioned Devin Shore as it relates to Josh Anderson. And this is an interesting thing. Devin Shore spends a lot of time each summer working out with Josh Anderson and playing golf with Josh Anderson. You might say they are very, very good friends. Now, one wonders what Devin Shore has been briefed on with the Blue Jackets from the Josh Anderson perspective right now. But one also wonders if maybe Devin Shore could come in here and be a bit of a peacemaker. I wonder about that. I wonder if this could could help them, Allison, in um, in the sense of giving Josh Anderson something else to sort of reconsider what he thinks about Columbus and his willingness to sign long term. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, and again, these are conversations we'll never know about. Um, and, well, we're going to try. That, though. <laughs> we're going to try. But you know, it is it's. This is a weird one for me because we hear from players that, you know, they respect a player's right to make a decision to control what they want to do. Um, But at the same time, we also know that some of the guys, you know, did teasingly or otherwise, you know, try and encourage Panarin to consider to stay. And um, it was interesting to me when we talked with Devin Shore via a teleconference yesterday, um, how close he and Josh were and that he did say that the two had been texting not furiously, but it sounded like they'd texted quite a bit yesterday sure. um, about yeah. the transaction. And, and Devin Shore seemed positive, didn't seem like he'd heard, you know, run away or anything like that. Um, right. Right. So it, it is it is going to be interesting how that influence happens. I, it, I don't know how much a guy stays for another guy on the team, um, but maybe it provides a third perspective because look, I mean, that's the other just terrible part of this. Josh has had a horrible year. How can you be positive? Just, I mean, I mean, the injuries, you just have to go and get skated day after day. You can't play. You're built to play. You're built to do this and you can't, that's gotta be just hard mentally. And maybe sure. A fresh perspective on, you know, this isn't, this isn't maybe what you're seeing or what you're feeling because of, of what you'd have, you have had to battle through this year. Maybe that adds value. I don't know. But uh, it will be a curious uh, uh, relationship to watch. Maybe Josh Anderson just finds motivation easier with Devin Shore around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the motivation is even a, the issue. It's a shoulder. We'll right. take him at his word. It's a shoulder. Right. But I, positive reinforcement is never a bad thing. That's right. And if Devin Shore comes here and finds a fit and loves it, Maybe the atmosphere changes. I, I, I get the sense uh, from talking to people, whispers in the hallways, if you will, that Anderson's just been really distant from the team this year. Yeah. And part of it is just not being present. Yeah. You're not on the ice with the guys. You're just not part of the group. Um, but it, it feels like the relationship needs to be fixed somehow. And you'd hate to see the two sides just let it, let it, let them, let themselves part ways without doing everything they can to make it work. Cause I think Josh Anderson is a special player. 
Yeah. Well, like and, that. And I think Columbus needs him. Well, and it, it is always, I mean, I will say this too, in defense of, of Josh, like the, it's such a weird thing when a player is injured from what we uh, understand, right? Like I, I these, don't like it. I don't like it either because you're hurt. So again, like we just discussed, you it, it would help to have some positive reinforcement around. But the culture is such that you are literally kept away from the team. Yes. You don't travel with the team. It's not, quote unquote, appropriate to be seen, to be Correct. heard. Sometimes we see these guys in the room after a game, but sometimes, depending on the injury, you're not there. You're getting treatment outside of the time that your teammates are at the rink. When you're we don't out, go to meetings. It's I mean, when you're out as much as Josh Anderson has been through no fault of his own, the the culture of it just feeds something that that forces that distance. And I don't I don't think that's from a team building perspective, that, that doesn't feel right to me. It used to be even worse. Like mm. they wouldn't they wouldn't let guys in the room. Uh, they wouldn't let guys sit in like for team meetings and stuff before games. Like, no, go, no, get out of here. I'm like, really? Like, it just seems, it's like the, God, I, those nature movies, like the, the wounded animal being left behind <laughs> on the savannah. And you're like, no, God damn, go back and get him, you bastards. Yeah. But they don't ever do it. Yeah. And they, they, just, and, they just let the injured rhino die. And was, to be to be clear, this is not a Blue Jackets thing. This is a hockey no, thing. No, this is not a culture a, thing. Yeah, this is not how the Blue Jackets handle this. Yeah. This is how hockey handles this. And I just yeah, I, I get that you don't want a guy dragging down the energy, but at the same time, there has to be some way to keep that connection that that's encouraged by the organization. That's not just oh hey, I'll make sure I see my buddies when they're not at practice, kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's a remnant from the old days where you were meant meant to felt shame, mm. meant Think to feel shame that. when you were injured. Think about yes, that. Yes, oh right, right, right. It's not enough that you're injured. Right. Uh, you and your broken arm. How Look dare you? you? Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, anything else we need to get to? Uh, no, I think just a reminder that uh, the podcast is on all your favorite podcast apps. Please be sure to subscribe at whatever channel you like to listen to best, and that way you'll never miss one of our episodes when they come out. You'll never miss a single episode. Never. Ever. Never. All right, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading all of our stuff. There's tons of stuff up on the site last night, Allison, with, with 10 observations from the game against the Ottawa Senators. Finally a win. Uh, I've got a contrasting son and Devin Shore, the trade from yesterday. There are grades from around the NHL. There are projected standings coming out of the trade deadline. You might not want to look at that if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Um, but that's just one person's guess. And, uh, yeah, lots of stuff, and, and it'll continue. There's also, I believe Rob Rossi's got a story go, going up, sort of resetting the Metro division after a crazy day for the division yesterday. Mm. So look forward to all of that. And I'm heading up to Minnesota. We'll uh, talk to you soon enough i'm not sure if i'll be on this thing on friday or not but we're gonna work something out um either way we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years providing a 100 percent guarantee with every order 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.